Hey, Marcus. Yo. You like movies? Yes, I do. That's a good thing to do. Hi, Doug. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody in the world. Like MF Doom said, rest in peace, uh, on the liner notes of his first album, Operation Doomsday, I would like to thank the universe. I always thought that that was a very smart thing to do um, because, you know, you could be like, oh, you didn't thank me in the liner notes. You'd be like, well, actually, I thank the universe. So technically you're part of the universe. So I thanked you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, this new album that I'm, that I'm dropping is, you know, dedicated to the memory of someone, but I've never really been into, like, thanking people because where does it end and where does it stop? But I yeah. think if ever I was to, I would just say I want to thank everybody that that believes that were I to thank them, it would make sense. When I, my high school yearbook, when, in your superlatives, you're only given a certain amount of characters and everyone always shouts out the initials of their friends. And I, had, I had, I'm not bragging, but I had so many friends. So instead of doing it, I just my yearbook, senior yearbook quote was, "There's too many people to shout out, so forget it." And then that's 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 what's under my picture. Exactly. My friend in his yearbook said, "Even when I'm silent, it's a brilliant use of negative space." Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Shout out to NEMC. Um, yeah. And. We've been going back and forth for 20 years, whether that was pretentious or amazing. And I say, who cares? Hmm. Whether either one it is. Um, Wait, what about anti-MC? What what is that? No, that's a person. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. I was being like super cutty with my references. You ever smoke PCP? Not yet. Hi, Carlo. Um, Got got an email from... Mr. Bill Scurry, I just want to say, uh, I thought our episode last week with Dan Salit was excellent. Hello? Yeah. No, that's me saying that. Oh, I zoned. I thought you were, like, reading what Bill was saying. No, that was an awesome ep- episode. I was actually, I was looking forward to it. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up, but that's, he's someone who, I remember after I saw The Unspeakable Act, when I was doing interviews on Pinland Empire, he's someone I wanted to interview I always ran into him, and it just kind of never happened, but it, it worked out, and we got him on the podcast, which I guess, for someone like him, too, a podcast talk is much better than, I think, a written interview. And Yeah, I think it, it really, really shined really cool. through, and when when I get when I figure out how to watch some of the movies of the director that he was talking about, mm-hmm. I think it would be pretty cool to have him back on and I've got the hook up on, on, on that, by the way. I'll, I'll, oh, we'll, we'll talk please. about it off record. Definitely, because I was really intrigued, and I just, I think, you know, Dan Salid is is a little bit older than us, and I Mm -hmm. think is someone to really, if you're like, oh, I want to be someone that knows a lot about movies and enjoys a lot of things and enjoy these things in a non-pretentious way, I think he he really shows a good blueprint on how to be a, someone to look up to. Knowing your stuff and not making you feel bad about not knowing stuff. Oh, yeah, fully agree. Absolutely. So that's just like, that's what I wanted to say about that. And even though even though the, the movie that he made was called 14, mm-hmm. it was hard for me not to make the, the 
the going the song going out for the episode uh, thirteen by Big Star. Oh right. Which is like one of like it's it's one of the prettiest songs I've ever heard, and I never heard it until Sasuke put me on because her knowledge of of rock of whatever genre Big Star is because not quite rock. It's like proto indie. I don't know. What well, what would you call Big Star? I I don't know. I can't think of. There's so many labels and subgenres of music now. It's hard to. I know that like Alex Chilton is like one of the incredibly inspir like that's a dude that really had a lot of effects on other people. Like there's that great song called Alex Chilton by The Replacements. The Replacements is another band that I didn't discover until my 30s because of Saskia. That I'm like, oh. This band's like really good. Yeah. Oh man. I, yeah. Yeah. They. They. There's a song of theirs that's used in an older Wes Anderson film. Um, that's like not. That wasn't like popular. And I was like, oh, I like this song. And then, you know. No, they're like really yeah. good. And they like my friend Sam, always said like, if they had done music videos, they could have been Guns N' Roses, but instead, they're the replacements. Yeah. So they're like a band that's like super loved by a lot of people, but not nearly as big. They're on that level of like a band that's like really large, but not not so big. Like, I don't know. No, I know. It's funny you say that, too. The Pixies are like that with music videos. Like you can like so few and so few music videos. And everyone used to always say if they just made videos and did a little more. Yeah, I'm using air quotes, played the game, you know, they'd be bigger. But I think it all worked out for them. They are one of the most influential. But, like, when you watch their videos, they're never, like, singing. They're never, like, lip syncing. They're usually doing something tongue-in-cheek or, you know. I forgot what that one song is, but that one Pixies video where they're, like, they have their instruments. And every time it's one of their turn to sing, like, one of the band members, they just open their mouths. Just like, ah, like, while the the words are going. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, just like there's these these bands. I mean, the Pixies just get bigger and bigger and bigger in the way that people love them. It's true. They're not nearly as popular. They weren't popular when they started. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like they were popular, but they weren't as popular as they are now. But I'm also that's trying true. to I'm also trying to think about that other indie band that's like the super big indie band that you know I feel like is in the pantheon of these other bands that are really big in their own right, but just did their own thing. But I'm not giving enough clues for, you know, for you to understand what I'm, what I'm talking about. So, sure. Okay. But like, you know, um, you know, they, their first two albums were very short. Like the songs, each song was like, um, 40, 40, like a minute or two, but, Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. It do, it doesn't matter. Like, this isn't even, like, what I'm trying to do for this episode. So, <laughs> sure. I'm just... I was just thinking of, like, how beautiful the song 13 is. Mm-hmm. You know? Let me pick you up from school. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's just... That's just a beautiful... This is just a beautiful, beautiful song. And whoever figures out what the band I'm talking about with... Since I've given, like almost no um 
almost no clues on how to do it. I, I don't, I don't think you will. But Bill Scurry says, "Small Axe, hello friends. I loved the roundtable episode on Small Axe a few episodes back. Watching the series of film has been eye-opening since I've been largely ignorant about West Indian culture in London, apart from being aware of the Windrush generation." The specificity with which Steve McQueen renders each of the five chapters is stunning, and like you guys, I wasn't in love with all of them, but they are irreplaceable, one-of-a-kind films for the moment. Talking about the series made me realize that I'm near to a similar story here in my new home of the Netherlands, which also experienced its own post-colonial diaspora. Residents of Curaçao, Suriname, and Indonesia were similarly invited to emigrate here in the 1970s, but have had mixed results integrating based on what I've cursorily seen. It's not my tale to tell, of course, but I've asked and listened when told about it. I can imagine many such stories out there, histories hidden all too easily from people who look like me. Thanks for the detailed discussion. You know I'm out there listening. Well, thank you, Bill. Thanks, you know, I don't, I don't always know who's out there listening. You know, we don't always get all that mail and... And I've sort of blurred the line between listener and friend. I, I'll text anybody, you know, whenever it feels like it. And, you know, we, we, I don't, I'm not like some popular dude. So I'm happy to just, you know, I'm not trying, I'm trying, I'm just, I just talk to people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I, we were so lucky to, to be given uh, access to see the new A24 film that that people will be talking about. I mean, they're talking about it already. Yeah, but certain when pockets are, but not, but not at, so, soon every, well, when at, it's, everyone. When will, it's will. released, like, like actually uh, in February, mm-hmm. uh, Minari, mm-hmm. uh, by, directed by Lee Isaac Chung, Starring Stephen Ewan, Han Yeri, Alan Kim, Noel K. Cho, Yan Yu Jung, and Will Patton. People are going to be... I mean, they're, they are talking about it, but it's going to be one of those movies that probably is going to get some award chatter. I'm not sure. I know that some choices about whether it's a foreign language film or an American film have become a right. topic of, to- of controversy. Right. Yeah. But to just give like a little intro to what it is is that Minari is a semi-autobiographical tale about Lee Isaac Chung his family Korean American Korean American family they moved to Arkansas in the 80s trying to start a farm trying to start their own American dream without being sensationalistic without making it like a movie like it's definitely a movie about culture but it's not like this movie's just about culture or this movie sure. just about this it's it really is a movie about american dream but by showing it through the lens of a korean american family in the 80s in arkansas tells a very both singular and universal story and and i liked it a lot i liked it too I thought it had a very delicate filming style. It had naturalistic feelings. There, 
you know, as the main character, Jacobs, the father, starts this farm and is and is trying to make food that maybe, you know, Korean immigrants will like, uh, and then becomes friends with, you know, a local farmhand, you know, I guess, mm-hmm. well, tall, you know, Christian dude who's like, oh, I actually know some of this food because I fought in the Korean War, and there's this little, like, these little subtexts and and the kindness of like sitting at dinner and and eating eating kimchi or or what it's like to become to be friends with you know in New York growing up with a lot of people who are first generation second generation and they live with their family and you come over for dinner and you'd be given foods that maybe you weren't used to and how enjoyable it could be to just break bread literally and figuratively with people And aside from, you know, people who like to cancel people on the internet for cultural sensitivity, for the most part, in my experience, when you show interest in people's cultures from a genuine point of view, people tend to like it. Like if you come, like Marcus, if you come to my house Mm -hmm. and, and like, are like, oh, is Kreplock going to be here? Like showing that you have a little bit of understanding about my culture. Sure. I that makes me feel really good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you're invested in understanding me and my family and how we do. And yes, we will have kreplach for you, which is a uh, you know uh, Eastern European Jewish form of uh, dumplings because every culture has a dumpling. Mm, it's just a no fact. More. What's that? I said, say no more. Say no more, fam. Or like if um. Well, and it goes vice versa. Like uh, we had we had someone who was visiting who who had just moved here from India and we made them some Indian food. And at first I thought from how I experienced life, oh, they're going to hate it. They're, why would you know they're not going to like Indian food that that some white people made for some for an Indian person. And they were like, yo, thank you so much. This is so comforting. Yeah. You like tried to do something outside of your comfort zone for me and yes some of the spices are off but it tastes delicious and you are trying and i think that's something that we're really missing from society is is acknowledging that trying in good faith to understand each other and be comforting for each other is a big thing what did, what did you think of that of that the movie and what are some scenes that struck out to you? Well, first of all, I'm I'm watching that movie. I was reminded of how for many years my my next door neighbors uh, the the Choi family were Koreans and they came from Korea to America and it was like Amherst was their first stop. You know, and it's interesting too because I always feel like this is what. What gets me, and this movie has shadows of that, where it's like usually, I'm, it has nothing to do with just being Korean, but any person not from America, you know, when they come to America, it's like the city, you, you know, like mm-hmm. they, it's like New York, D.C., uh, L.A., whatever, Chicago, and then I, I've always been fascinated when they come to like a rural place or a small town, like what exactly. must they think, because there's so many, yeah, these like these weird nuances, and I remember too... Our neighbor, it, just a weird, like, funny miscommunications, because the, the, the young brother and sister of the family who lived next door to me, um, 
They like they 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 spoke English and everything. But then I remember me. It hadn't even been a year. We had just came from Queens, New York. So there was certain like vernacular that I guess predominantly white because I grew up around mostly black people and I was in Queens that we didn't know. And the daughter, I'm not going to say anyone's first name, but the daughter of that family, we were in the same class. We went to the same elementary school, same class. And I remember like they moved in and then over the weekend right away, I became friends with them. Everything was cool. And then um, we went to school the first day they got introduced. And I remember it was just like, oh, uh, she's my next door neighbor. We, we play together all the time. I like her. And then everyone started going, ooh, you like her. But I didn't know that that I did. I never heard the term like. Like mm-hmm. that way, I was just like, "No, I like her. She's cool. She's my friend." And then people started making fun, and then they were like, uh, "You know, I'm not going to say her first name, but so and so, do you like Marcus?" And then she shook her head, "No." And this whole, I'm like, "What are you talking? You're just over my house playing. What do you mean? Y- yes, you do." And I remember telling, "Yes, you do like me." But to her, she thought I was thinking like, you know, I was in in love with her or something like that. And it was this whole, it was this whole thing. But I'll, it, it did. It just reminded me of how you for, you come to this like super white town Amherst, but your next door neighbor, your next door neighbors is this like black family. These are probably like the first black folks you, you know, have lived in close proximity to when you really think about it within this like super white town. So it was probably this, this like interesting, not, not, not bad or negative, but just interesting kind of culture shift as soon as you touch down, you, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I just remember going over their house a lot and like, you know, come to think of it, Amherst was very, I remember, so it's like the Choi's were my neighbors, and then like behind their house through the woods, it was Amherst is like a woodsy, naturey place where the Kushiks and they were the first Jewish family that I ever knew. And I just remember all the stuff between the ages of seven and eight that I hadn't already known. Like I remember being over the Kushiks house, their son Rafi. I remember being like, "Hey, what do you what do you want for Christmas?" And he was like, "We don't celebrate Christmas." I was like, "What are you talking about?" And then like I remember his dad explaining to me what Hanukkah was and how they get presents, but it means this. And then just learning little things like that, like in such a short period of time, coming from a place like New York where there's lots of Koreans, lots of Jewish people, but it's just I wasn't around them until I got to Amherst, and then that's when I just learned certain things. So like the movie brought up just all those feelings of just kind of like coming of age, the stuff you learn. Um, my grandmother, I mean, I, we're probably going to get into the grandmother character of the film, but like, it definitely made me miss my grandmother in a good way. My grandmother was nothing like the grandmother in this film, but regardless, they still have the same like warmth, mm-hmm. kind of like loving, you know, my, my grandmother was a little more reserved. She wasn't, she wasn't as like loud or, or rambunctious, like I, I, or precocious. I, I can older people be precocious. I always associate that word with like kids. But, um, yeah, very, um, she was kind of one of the highlights for me. Like, she in right, a way reminded me of, like, the mother, the mother, the grandmother and, like, raising Victor Vargas and, and, oh, and definitely. characters like that, you know? Right, because, yeah. like, as they start building this farm, the grandmother comes to live with them and yeah. it subverts the expectation of what you think, like, the grandmother is going to be like. Like, there's an yeah, sure, expectation sure. of, of what grandmothers might be like in this instance and she's not like that at all yeah she's like she's like oh let's have fun let's let's enjoy this world that we're living and yeah just like really had a a nice i just loved the way that it was filmed i loved the delicate tone that it took i loved that while it was serious there was a lightness to it i 
I'm always interested in, you know, if you listen to the show and listen to movies that like we we go back to that we're confronted with. If you think of movies like Daughters of the Dust or To Sleep With Anger or My Own Ideas, it's like trying to figure out what, you know, pluralism in coming to like modernity and pluralism and assimilation and versus those ideas and like a period piece like it's the 80s but you barely realize it's the 80s but it's not done in a corny way that's true too they like i didn't even the first couple of minutes i was like what's happened oh okay i guess it is like back in the day but they did it in this kind of like timeless feel where like absolutely it, it how do i say this like Whoever, I guess who, I guess just kudos to whoever was on wardrobe, set design, production design, did a great job because it definitely felt decades ago, but it also had a timeless feel, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So Right, but also like because it was mostly told in farms, like you didn't need like old right. cars or like whatever, but you were just like, this is done, it's done, low key, you're just like, oh, we're not going to bang you over the head with this story of, like, how is everything going to go? We're just going to tell it. And because, be, and like, and because a lot of the film is in Korean, there's this argument of, oh, is this a Korean film? Like, no, it's an American film. It's a film made in America. Yeah. It's made by an American studio. It's about the American dream. By calling it a foreign language film, it's, I mean, I think award shows are bullshit anyway, but I think it's doing a great disservice to that. Yeah. <laughs> by, by, by doing that. But, you know, award shows are bullshit and who even like, what are, what are awards going to be? Um, you know what I mean? So it, it's hard to say. It definitely reminded me of the tree of life by your by your man T Mel. Also now known I'm as curious. Terrence Malick, also known as Terrence Mama. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now I'm curious, I guess I, I, I on like surface levels, not in a bad way, but on surface levels I get it, but what if you could go because I'm I'm just curious, like how how so I mean I guess there's like the 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 family structure, the kind of domineering, although loving, uh, father, the kind of quieter mother who holds shit in. Like, what else? Like, what? Uh, what I mean, else I would, of, what, I would what? say that there's, there were a lot of, there's a lot of Malekian vibes in these in this movie, though it doesn't feel like it's ripping it off or whatever. Absolutely but also, not. but also maybe I just need to stop thinking that like sprawling shots of American nature and people looking like they're thinking about things is Terrence Malick. It's not, but it, in the same way that, like, this is even more vague, David Lynch didn't invent weird, and I'm being, yeah, I'm being as vague as possible. But it's like, I get that he's still, Malick, just as much as Lynch, they still do have a style, so I guess. But the, the, the heavy religious, too, like, I mean, Tree of Life beat you in the face, as did To the Wonder. But there's even other, you know, Song of Song, not, not, not Night of Cups, even in just certain, like, voiceover narration, certain passages, there's this heavy religious 
aspect in all of his films. And I feel like Will Patton's character specifically could could have been pulled out of almost any of later period Malick movies. Even you know what, and and even the '70s stuff. Right, because like just the image I mean, of him walking with the cross down the street is something that Malick would just randomly throw in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and there, like, but there also could be like, um, shit. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, who directed Madawan? Oh, John Sales. Yeah, John Sales could have made a movie just about that character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could. But it's funny about in the yeah. '80s. Just like some random religious dude, Korean vet, who starts working on a farm with a Korean family. And perhaps 10, 15 years ago, that would be the way to be able to tell the story. Damn. You know, it's funny you say that right away my mind went, because, you know, you know, John Sales made Madawan and a young teenage Will Oldham is in Will Madawan. Oldham, I mean, obviously Old and- Joy... Um, but not even that. Um, Rick Alverson, before Rick Alverson kind of found this new style, you know, that he's in, he made that film, New Jerusalem, mm. which is all about religion and being found or not. Um, but also, you know, man, there's this really great scene in To, to the Wonder where Javier Bardem, you know, he, he just kind of mopes through the movie. I, I don't mean that in a negative way because I love this movie. And then, like, the janitor of the church is trying to kind of get him out of his funk. And he's like, will you pray with me? And then he starts speaking in tongues, half tongues, mm. half... And, and it's just like, that's kind of how we're introduced to Will Patton's character in the film when he's just like, uh, "Can will you pray with me? You know, let, let, let's pray over these crops. And then he, speak, he starts speaking, you know, cohesive. And then he starts speaking gibberish in tongues. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but, uh, you know, and, and it, it's a very s- similar scene. So it's well, like, like t- there's certain tongues- isolated moments. Tongues doesn't have a syntax. It's not like... So I understand why saying gibberish could be, like, theoretically offensive, but... Yeah, I didn't mean that. Yeah. But, like, it, it's it's not like a language from what I understand. It's not a language of how I understand it. It's like an ecstatic language. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, and the band I was talking about was Guided by Voices. It took me a while to figure it oh, out. Oh, yeah, Okay. That's like an indie rock band. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, and man. also, like, started, made, randomly made me think of the, the film Last Supper. Do you remember that Last movie? Su- like, black comedy oh. film. Oh, with, that, with Ron Perlman? With Ron Perlman, yeah. Oh, wait. Cam- I think Cameron the director Diaz, of that movie passed away. Cameron Diaz... Um, Courtney B. Vance, like liberal uh, graduate students, like living on a like a commune that start murdering bad people. I don't know why I thought about it, but I just thought about it. Yeah, wow. Uh, did 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 you know that the director Stacy Tittle passed away? No. Oh, yeah, she like passed it, away yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry, she. So sorry, that's uh, why. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, rest in peace. But um, yeah, that's that's crazy. That yeah, I'm just, no. I'm, <laughs> yeah. that's weird. Wow. Yeah. Like at I remember the recording that, of this movie, of this episode, she died yesterday. Yeah. Wow. Rest in peace. That was rest one of the, yeah, the the last. Huh. I said rest in peace. Oh yeah, the Last Supper was one of those movies that like By I didn't HBO, see two years like, later every day. That, 
But I remember renting movies, and the trailer for that movie was always on like random VHSs that I would rent. And then finally, it was like, all right, let me watch this movie. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, rest in peace. Wow. I really do miss uh, trailers before VHS tapes. I, I definitely do. Because they just, they, that, that was just a weird way to find out about just like a lot of movies. And I just, I just miss that. You know, how else would I find out about catfish and black bean sauce? <laughs> you have. <laughs> On like episode two or three, you brought that movie. Up. You brought that movie up, and just to say, it just took me for a loop. Um, Michael Chip loves that movie. Random, random fact: He really likes that movie a lot. Um, yeah, wow! Shout out to that movie. Oh Shout God. out to Catfish yeah. and Black Bean Sauce, which is another, you know, immigrant story. And yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. And shout yeah, out to your uncle Chip. Yeah, yeah. That'd be an interesting double feature, actually. Catfish and black bean sauce and Minari. Um, sure, I mean I'm definitely hungry for some catfish right now. Shit, I am too. I just had, I had Cheerios and and a banana for dinner. So now you're making me hungry, and it's dog. Are you it's after right? eight o'clock? So I, what do you mean? You only had a banana and Cheerios for dinner. I mean, it was a portion size bowl. Like I ate. I mean, I'm 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 not like, I'm full. I just I didn't feel like making anything. And uh, so I had a Willard Pin uh, dinner. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm fine. I just I didn't want to make anything. I made meatballs and uh, bean pasta yesterday. Just so, eating beans, I'm, watching I'm cars too. Yeah. I've been doing hungry root bean pasta, bean stuff, bean snacks. They got these bean uh, cheese doodles. I'm about to go through this bag. It's really good, but um. Speaking of beans, Minari, although I don't think he grows beans, he's growing like cabbage and stuff. He's he's also like trying to like, he's smart. He's like figuring out like, uh, you know, like not not Korean, but immigrant, like the, the Vietnamese family that came to America and made sriracha. Like they figured out like, oh, maybe um, people are going to want these tastes and these flavors because a lot of people are coming here. So... They're trying to grow the Korean vegetables and the Korean foods that, you know, he's like trying to do it, trying to trying to get people to go, trying to yeah. figure out something. And it's smart. You know, we were talking on the episode of Small Axe when, we were, when I was talking about the Lonely Londoners by Sam Selwyn, mm-hmm. um, talking about West Indian people like pushing to make sure that the bodega, the uh, bodegas, the stores in London had West Indian products and different products. And if you were smart enough to invest in the ingredients or the products that people that come to this country want, that's a big business. Yeah. You know, like wars and life have had, all have happened over season, over seasoning. Yeah. Yeah. Once people were like, oh, food, well, once white people figured out, oh, food doesn't have to just be like no seasoning, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've seen, the, we've talked about this, you've seen the, mo- the movie The Motel, right? What is that? It's about this. 
Oh, young, oh, oh, the little kid and his parents like run the hotel. He like lives at the ho- the the motel. Yeah, Korean, I saw that in the theater. God, yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, we've, a lot of we've talked about yeah. it before. Look, there's a lot of movies. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's a good movie actually. Yeah, that was. When was that? That was like oh four, oh five, oh five. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't remember how I found out about. it. I think I just liked the poster and I just I, or maybe oh, oh shit. Oh my god, I'm the same. I think way it I was. I think it was actually maybe on the previews for the DVD to Junebug. That, Jesus, that makes total... Oh, my God. Taking it back. That that makes all the sense in the world. Because I was just about to say, I saw the poster for Hotel, and it had this, like, Daniel Close style of... Definitely. Uh, it might have been, because he does, he does a lot of stuff. I don't like think it was Daniel and, Close, and, but... Terry's wife off. But, oh, yeah, no, I think... But I saw it. That was during that period. I'm telling you. That was that post Todd Salons era, June Bug, Hotel, me and you and everyone we know, where everything was like pink and yellow and orange and and stuff. like uh, like and not Sun over Nancy your head and, and yeah. like indie and horny and that was dark. Todd Salons's lane. I'll 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 argue till I'm blue in the face. Even even in a far no blue in the face way, was blue in the face was a different uh, director. <laughs> Very, a very different director, yeah. Shout out to Wayne Wang and Paul Aster. Yeah. Auster, yeah. But, so, uh, oh, man, you got me thinking. But yeah, like when I first moved to New York City after after college, th- these were all those movies. I was going to the Angelica and IFC and Thumb Sunshine. Thumbs- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the cartoony font on all the DVD boxes. Yeah, and and the, yeah man, that, that, that was the time. And the director of Thumbsucker, I forgot his name. He's married to Miranda July. I have not seen Kajillionaire yet. Have you? No, I haven't. Me and my wife both want to see that movie. Actually, though, um, I, I didn't. You know, I, I almost maybe we could do a deep dive in, in, into her stuff sometime in the future. I guess when she has a more of a filmography but about the movie, the future, all of it, um, all all of her films. I was no, just thinking you said the other in the day. future, and her second movie is called The Future. Yeah, yeah. But I was about to talk about the movie The Future also. That was a movie that I anticipated so much because I really did like me and you and everyone we know. I know. And we the, did a whole episode about like, it for Jacob Rivera. Yeah. and But future the, the Future was kind of like, eh. But there were so many ideas in it where I was like, this this could could have been great, but it wasn't. But I don't know. That was like 2009. It's been like 11, 12 years since I've even seen this movie. So maybe I'll... I have a revisit list. So when when I saw it, mm-hmm. I liked it very much. Hmm. It told a very nice, interesting story about about yeah, just like going, being, coming to a place and not being being on the beaten path, not coming to the big town, going to the small town, you know. Yeah, and. And also, it had a young Sung Kang who has become like, people love him because he played Han Lu in Better Luck Tomorrow, which is not a fun movie, and and in like seven Fast and Furious franchise movies. Right. And I hear that, that the last few Fast and the Furious are really good, but I, I haven't seen them. They are because they just, they they were... Somewhere at some point, it was after three. It was after Tokyo Drift. They just became aware that hey, these movies are batshit crazy. 
people like him. Let's just play into it. It just became like it's almost like professional professional wrestling, where like if you're someone our age who watches it, you're in on it. You know that there's like an athleticism to it, but you also know there's this weird, almost inexplainable theatrical thing about it that you just go along with and enjoy. And that's what I think kind of hammers down this whole cult of Fast and Furious. And and and, and I completely get it. And I don't want to just be like talking about like talking about movies by Asian directors, but but since we are talking about we have been talking about Asian characters thrust into non yeah, like non cities. What's that? I said yeah, whatever. I I it's really organic. did. I really did enjoy parts. I really did enjoy parts of the half of it, which was a coming of age uh, comedy. That was on Netflix. It came out last year, mm-hmm. written directed by Alice Wu. I've talked about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. Known known primarily for Saving Face, which was, you know, was was uh, people were just really into it because of uh, you know some of the the topics. So I'll check out that movie. I don't want to give too much about it, but okay, okay, it's like. And people didn't even realize they were walking into a lesbian romantic comedy starring Asian actors. It was, it was, it was accidentally revolutionary, mm, or okay. non-purposefully revolutionary because it's just like trying to tell the stories where I feel like Minari is also just like sort of very subversive in the way that it's just like this is a story. This is about a family. The grandma shows up. She's not who you expect a grandma character to be. Right. The as the, the song cli- constantly reminds us early on in the movie, you're not a real grandma. The, yeah, the climax. The climax of the movie is is not, you know, overblown. It just is what it is. Sure. And also, you know, no spoilers. I'm just gonna. I'll, I'll speak in hints and, and, and implications. Scott, you'll know what I'm talking about. But there's just like. There's a thing early on in the movie about one of the characters' health that makes me go, oh, no, I don't want to. Please don't do this. But then something else happens with someone else's health in the movie. And you're just like, oh, wait, so is this? Oh, it just kind of like I built up my defense early on in the Mm -hmm. movie. I prepared myself for something that and then something else happened. And it's just kind of like, oh, man, let's you know, it's like, um. It this this movie is good storytelling. I think the more I I talk about it out loud, it's kind of like oh I like this movie. Not that I disliked it, but it's like oh I like it more and more. It it's very I'm gonna do what you just said, but it's like there is a very Ozu quality. Oh sure. To I mean the sun. I, I I said this to you in text, but the sun in the film is right out of Ohio or Good Good Morning. The 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 younger son, not 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 the older son. Although the dynamic between the two brothers in Good Morning. It's kind of sim- kind of similar to the older sister and the younger brother in uh, in in Minari, but just the whole idea of like it isn't the 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 storytelling isn't crazy. It's like on a surface level, not a lot happens, or it's just like just life happens. There's no. It's just the stuff we deal with day to day, but somehow makes it the the the, the filmmakers make these everyday things watchable, mm-hmm. and that's a talent to 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 do that. Because if you if I explain this movie to a casual movie fan or whatever, they would think this is like the most boring thing ever. Yeah, but but casual but like movie just watch fans it like, like think 
Like a lot of people just think shit is boring these days. Very true. And and boring and or disposable. Like I, it's funny you say that too because just the other day I, I responded to this tweet because someone was just like trying to be a little snarky and they it was like a picture from the movie The Souvenir and it was just like, hey, remember uh, when everybody loved this movie? Now nobody talks about it. And then I was just like, I get what you're saying, but to be honest, literally almost any movie with the exception of a small handful could fall in that category now. Like, and to be honest, at this point, Souvenir is two years old. Like, movies that are three months old get forgotten about. So yeah, it's like, and come on. considering that The Souvenir was my favorite movie of two years ago and A24 is releasing The Souvenir 2 maybe this year, hopefully this yeah, right. year. Oh, man, yeah. Um, I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a good movie. I, I think Stephen Ewan's performances, all the performances are, are just really fantastic. And yeah, yeah I think it's a really good movie. I think A24 is starting the year off strong. Yeah, I don't. Of, I don't then, know when Saint Maud is coming out. Oh, but I was just gonna ask about. I was like, does, what does that? Because I I put it in my end of year review from last year, but it's like I feel like more people are talking about it now. Well, I think it's you know it's this weird thing that you know the movie came out in Britain in 2019, but hasn't come out in America yet. Mm-hmm. So the, it. A24 is is preparing an English release and when American release and when it does we'll we'll give our little our little talk about it. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm unsure what else A24 is working on this year, but they've 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 been kind enough to give us some movies to look at and I really like that. Is and um I, is is Robert Eggers' Viking movie? Is that A24? I mean his I mean The Witch and uh Lighthouse or A24, I feel like... I just didn't look into it. Do, do you know? I don't... Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but... I mean, probably? Sounds awesome. I mean, look, Willem Dafoe, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicole Kidman. It's a pretty interesting cast. It's a Viking movie. I don't hate... I'm one of those people in the middle. You either... It's people who are just like, Robert Eggers is the future of film. Uh, or people who are just like... Because Robert Eggers is successful, they have to hate on him. I'm kind of in the middle. It's just like, I enjoy his movies. And just let 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 him grow. Like, you don't have to hate on him for no reason, but you don't have to, you know, praise him for no reason either. But anyway, get off track there. No, I mean, you know, also, when we were talking offline, mm-hmm. you were saying that Minari reminds you a little bit of Strazik. Very much, a little bit, very much. It's like the Strozik is a, is a so the the middle part, the first half of Strozik takes place in Germany, but like when mm-hmm. they get to America, and it's 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 different but similar. It's all under the umbrella of like chasing the American dream, and you know that's such a va- it means different stuff to different people, but right down to just the fact like what represents America to a foreign person in the early or just the 80s was like a mobile home and now the the reaction now granted the mother in minari is not happy no. but everyone else like the father the two kids are like oh hey cool what is this it's it's the same reaction 
in Strozik when he gets there with his girlfriend and they move into their mobile home and it's like, oh, we made it. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it Like th- those scenes which go on for quite some time from the time when the, the, the mobile home arrives to when they check it out on the inside. It's just like this like fascinated exploration of like this this mobile home and and that reminded me but but just even outside of that the whole idea of just like someone coming to again kind of middle random america right and just like experiencing that you know so and it's funny because strazek might be my favorite werner herzog movie like it it is definitely mine because i just think it's i don't know it's just People think of him now as this documentary filmmaker, but yeah, his narrative yeah. films are incredibly powerful. And he's just, he's a renaissance man. He can do a lot of shit. Sure. And I just, that movie, while I didn't see the connections between Strazik and Minari, I did, I've just really been moved by Strazik and the hopelessness of it and the last scene and its connection to Joy Division and mm. well you know oh, that no no oh, no no I, okay that that's that that that's why I said mm, the way uh, I did yeah and so and Minari is to me a very hopeful film and yeah yeah and Strazik is like the opposite of hopeful very much so but. I got to tell you, man, speaking of hopeful, I've got a nice plate of broccoli and rice waiting for me, and I wanted to get an episode because I know people don't like it when we take weeks off, but I'm I'm happy to, to, you know, I think next week we'll talk about Soul and some other stuff, and we have some very exciting things lined up for February. We do. I like the fact that some, uh, I'll say no more. Yeah. Yeah, we I can't we can't really talk about it, but unlike some of the other guests that we've been excited yeah. about that fell through. Yeah. yeah. I I have no reason to believe these are these will fall through. Yeah, no, of course not. Uh I got a text about one uh just as we were recording. So Oh, that's great. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, man. I'll speak All to right. you soon.